I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Who won the first Premier League Golden Glove in 2005? Number one podcast. Hello and welcome back to the number one podcast, your weekly fix of goalkeeping nerdity. Uh, I am Lloyd Griffith and with me is my co-host, a man that probably owns 34 different beard oils. It's David Priest. Hello, Matt. How many beard oils do you own, David? I own one. Do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, how's my girlfriend's a barber? Ah, of course, yeah. Yeah, so she's got all the essential oils. I mean, they're not really essential, but it just keeps it nice and glistening. Do you use your beard oil every day? Not as much as I should do, really. I used to look after it a lot, but now I'm just letting myself go. Me Mine much. used to be a little bit longer. I used to use beard oil, but it's just a lot of maintenance, isn't it? It is, and I don't like the, having greasy hands afterwards. You can't even wash your hands afterwards. You can't I even wash it off. You wouldn't use beard oil in the 70s, would you? No. I mean, well... There's a lot of things. You oh, I didn't need it in the 70s, to be honest with you. No. I didn't need it in the 80s and 90s, to be honest. Because I, I was 30 until I could really grow proper facial hair. A photo emerged of you last week. Uh, you playing, for, I think, for Aberdeen in a Hummel kit? Oh, not with Silky Boar. Silky Boar? Yeah, Silky Boar. Silky Boar. Silky Boar. Silky Boar. And you looked very European. Very continental. Short sleeves. Shirt out. Shirt out. And slick back hair, and you pointed out that there was probably in there an Alice band. Yeah, I mean it was just a piece wow. of elastic. You know what I mean, but uh, was it? Yeah, but I mean if I was going to go, if I was go, <laughs> if I was going to go full uh, the whole hog, you know, short sleeves. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, I probably didn't have white boots on. If I had white boots, oh, that'd be in the full house, wouldn't it? What was going? What was going on? You read? I just, to be honest with you, I got I got to see my career where I'd wear anything. I really? just wear what I was given. Yeah, silky ball, quite cold. Um, it, yeah, in the in the winter it was minus fourteen. I think I've said that before. But in Denmark, it's better weather, worse weather in the winter, better weather in the summer. Oh really? Yeah, and and just a beautiful place all around. That's interesting. I just wouldn't have had you down as a short sleeve man. I know I wasn't, it. but I, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing though. I I, I did um, I did wear them while I was there, and all it was the goalkeeper strip were just different coloured outfield strips. Were they? So they were like red shirt, white shorts, and I was just either all white. All black or all green. I think it was all green. It was all green, that one, yeah. It was green, like Kermit. Was it Hummel? It was Hummel. Yeah. Beautiful kits, y'all. I love lovely. Hummel kits. I've, I've got a few. I might just start wearing them. You know, it, yeah, with the ones with my name on my back. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few spare ones, you know. Um, what were we talking about? 
Uh, the kits. They were just a little different kit. They, they were just different colour. Do you know what? I've got no idea. What, what were we talking about? I've got no idea what we're talking about here. I've lost my train of thought. This, we, this you, is said the you said you'd wear whatever, and I said short sleeve. Why short sleeve? Oh, yeah, that was it, yeah. yeah. So anyway, in one game... Yeah, that's the concussions, that. So one game, I kind of got a forearm to a ball, but because I was sweating, it felt like that it's, it had slipped off my, my forearm. And if it had been dry... I would have get more friction and maybe he's more purchased on us to get the ball away. Right. So then I bought these, uh, I went online to this American company that did sort of um, American football shirts, undershirts, like yeah. Under Armour shirts. Yeah. But they had like um, little oh. rubber grips here in yes. the forearms. Got them. Cheating, yeah. essentially. Well, basically, yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, so I wore this undershirt because I still want to wear the short uh, sleeve. Yeah. But I had the undershirt on with these little rubber pimples on. <laughs> and then in that game, um, somebody played the ball back to me as a back pass I mean I, I was very clever in those days so I thought I was very clever yeah. striker come down to, uh, to close us down I went to chip the ball over his head to the full back yeah. kicked the ground went straight to him and he took the ball around me and went into the goal so what did you buy from America that well, week? well I didn't I, bu- I actually burnt the shirt you burnt the shirt? Yeah, yeah. so it was the shirt's fault? yeah it was the shirt's fault That's of course it was yeah, yeah. That that was the level of superstition, and uh, it could, couldn't be my fault. Do you no, know of what course I mean? not. Yeah, it couldn't be my fault. It couldn't be the turf or the weather. It was definitely the shirt, the shirt, the yeah. pimpled shirt. Um, you're wearing a hat today. I am, yeah. That you wore last week in your when you did the live thing. Yeah, did, uh, great football adventures. And how was social. that? That was really good. Yeah, yeah it was really good because I mean a lot of people that were speaking there. I didn't know anything about what they were speaking about because it was all like um, a lot to do with sort of people playing football in far flung places. Yeah. Uh, I was supposed to speak about Iceland as well, but it was just I just spoke too much about Denmark. Did you? Yeah, I mean I do waffle on a lot about it. I mean people have probably noticed on here. Absolutely. Well, I mean that's what you want, though, isn't it? Like, you want waffling. So you're wearing like a beat poet hat today. Yeah. Which and I want to ask: Did you ever wear any um, headgear? Did you ever wear a cap? No, I I did when I was younger, but I used to hate wearing caps. You do. I thought they were more of a hindrance for me because they were only any use when the ball was up the other end. Right. And then when the when the the action came to your end and you had to lift your head obviously to see wherever the ball was, it didn't make a difference whether the cap or not. Never had any sun problems like in in your. I, I can't remember ever conceding the goal because of the sun. I probably did, or I probably said that I'd, I'd lost the ball because of the sun, but I can't remember actually doing that. But um, I always had the fear that see if, if I was wearing it at a corner, and the striker just sort of like flicked my. The, cap the, forward, the cap forward, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you won't be able to see it. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, I, I don't know if that is that a yellow collar fence. If I sort of pull pull the keeper's cap over his eyes so he couldn't sure. see. Uh, my friend got a uh, yellow card for pulling the keeper's shorts down once. Mm-hmm. The keeper was being a bit antagonistic in the box, and he went up for a corner. So he um, he just pulled the keeper's shorts down as the corner came in, and the referee stopped it and gave my mate a yellow card. Yeah, that is ungentlemanly conduct. That is. Yeah, but I mean, it was only, it was, it was like wormwood scrubs. <laughs> it, was, it was eleven aside on a Sunday afternoon. Do you know what I mean, like it, we weren't playing at Wembley. Mm. But anyway, uh, I've, 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 I've never dis, uh, undressed a player on the pitch before. It's one thing I've done. Have you not? No. Oh, do you know what I used not to? Not on the pitch. You know, this is really, this, we're not into the podcast yet, really. Um, I used to because I used to play for a team called um, Chuckle Brothers FC. Right. And it, the 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 were um, they the managers? No, they weren't the managers. Well, well, well just as a little aside, yeah. when I was at Darlington, we played Rotherham. Yeah. And uh, was we lined up in the in the tunnel before the game? Barry and Paul. There they were. Was Dennis there? It was Dennis like third chuckle, I reckon. I don't know. 
I'm just guessing. We are our emblem, our logo in Latin said to me to you, <laughs> and it had embroidered. Please tell me what brothers. it is. What what is was it? Latin? I can't remember what it was, but um, we had the to me to you embroidered <laughs> in Latin, and then it had the that had embroidered Chuckle Brothers on the on the on the badge. It was really good. I used to play like uh, various teams. Tom Rosenthal, another comedian. Um, he's got a football team. He plays in a t- team called Dynamo Gobbler. So it was that kind of like that level. But Why yeah. I used to do that, 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 that sounds like Noel Gurfoy mine. Oi, <laughs> <laughs> Dynamo Gobbler. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen Dynamo Gobbler, have you? Uh, uh, she's around the back of Lloyd's arms, which is a pub. <laughs> um, we, um, we, uh, yeah. I, I used to wear quite nice aftershave, and I used to properly douse myself in aftershave. Um, on a on, on for Sunday League to try and put the other team off. Really? Yeah. What was Is it? Your phone? Panther. That's your. Oh, it's mine actually. Yeah. It's I'm, 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 I'm basically your phone. There was there was a, there was a, there was a noise of a phone and uh, David just pointed at my phone, which is clearly not lighting up, and your phone right under your nose, just buzzing away there. That's my daughter. She's just finished school. I oh, really. Yeah. What, um, were we, what were we talking about there? Uh, so I used to douse myself oh, in yeah. aftershave. What was it? Uh, uh, was I it? can't remember what it was. Sex oh, no, it, no, it, no, it wasn't. It was um, it was uh, Hugo Boss, like little white bottle. All oh, right, okay. But I used to douse myself in it. Why? Just try and put the opposition off, just because they'd be like, "Oh, he smells nice." Is that weird? <laughs> right. Send us in. Did you have any weird things that you used to do in order to put the opposition off? Did you? Because they say that if you wear bright coloured like keeper tops when you come out. The opposition are going to be like, oh crikey, what's that coming at me? Where's a goalkeeper? Yeah, but I've always got I've got a theory about that as well. That if oh, you wore okay. all black, then it's like stealth. So if he can't see you, good. Yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. But was there anything that you used to do? I'm not entirely sure what it was whether you wore nice perfume or you didn't wash for a couple of days so that you stank and and kept people out there. Or you know, did you chat them up? I it, don't know. Whatever. It's, it's funny to say about after shivers month because I was on the, I was on the tube coming from King's Cross and there was a guy next to me. Now I don't know whether he doused himself in. In uh, some strong aftershave that yeah. I've, I've never heard of before, and, and I never want to smell again. Or he doused himself in petrol. Now it was Monday morning, so it could have been either. Really, could have been you know a bit of both. I, yeah, I felt like that on a Monday morning myself. Standard class, of course. Yes, obviously. Oh, not a standard class. That, that, it was a tube man. It was a tube. Well, unless, oh, unless there's some sort of celebrity first class on the tube that I don't know about. No, no. I mean, nor would I, mate. Nor would I. Um, thank you. Again, we keep saying it. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for all the amazing reviews. Uh, we've got a couple of books that we're sending out today for uh, the people that have won. Basically, if you leave a four or five star review on iTunes, we will uh, give out a free book each week of Glove Story, a cracking, cracking read. I am in it. You're in it as well, aren't you? I am in it. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm modelling my old Sunderland jersey from 1996, is it? And I am wearing a Man United goalkeeping top from my absolute icon, Peter Schmeichel, I think from 1997. Oh, 90, no, crikey, 94, I think, 94, 95. The Umbro one. Uh, I'm in there. Uh, I'm the little natter. So thank you very much. Uh, you are in for a chance of winning a copy of Glove Story. So all you need to do is leave a four or five star review on iTunes. If you can also not just ju- not just the review, you need to actually write thing. You can just put in anything you want. Some bloke wrote ham hock, um, but you're still in with a chance of, of, of winning. Just ham hock. Ham hock. Yeah, oh. just wrote ham hock. You're still in with a chance of winning. Um, and we'll do a draw later on to win a book. <laughs> Let's look at Between the Sticks, where we talk about the goals in the Premier League. The first game we're going to talk about, I'm just going to do this in random order, it is Man United versus Arsenal. Man United 2, Arsenal 1. Now, you wanted to talk about this because of uh, Ospina for the second goal. 
Yeah, uh, I mean it, it was pretty quiet game for both keepers, where they weren't yeah. in, involved much, not no real huge saves. Um, but it was it, it it was the Fellaini header. Now I understand a lot of people will say that you know when the ball comes in and he's quite close to goal and it's sort of like a blind flicked header, but. You can see, as a goalkeeper, you can see that ball coming in. You're yeah. expecting the ball to be flicked, really, because you you know that people are coming across your eye line. And as the ball's been flicked by Fellaini, you see that um, first of off, first off, you just you see the ball go in. You think something doesn't look right there. So when you look at it again, you look at Ospina's footwork. Now, the way that his body's positioned, his sort of hips aren't square to, to the ball, so it's sort of um, his feet are at an angle. And because the flick's going across him, it's always going to go. Be, uh, pa- uh, he's always going to be diving backwards slightly because the ball's already past him as the, as the ball gets to him. If the thing that I've got with it is that because he doesn't adjust his feet accordingly, he kind of ju- he runs after the ball, and because he runs after the ball, he has to dive. You know, at the moment he has to dive, his fight the right foot in contact with the floor, and he's yeah. pushing off his wrong foot. Now, to me, that means he's. He's never going to be able to dive or get as, as good a push as if he was diving off his left foot. Right. So instead of taking the two steps that he does, he's better off taking like a half a step sort of shuffle to his left and then push off his left foot to get a better push and to get a better angle on his dive um, further towards the ball. Because even as he gets to the ball, I think he gets a little touch on it, but because he's running sideways and he ends up being sort of um, diving on his front rather than sideways on gets a hand to it and he's, all he's going to do is just push it in the net and I, I just think that especially with, I mean somebody like him who who does have usually have good feet and he he, uh, he moves them very quickly because the thing is I think maybe like five ten minutes before there was a goal that Rashford scored that um, was a, it was offside yeah. and I think the, the linesman pulled it up about four minutes after the actual goal um, his footwork seemed all right there. Like he lo- looked like he was he was following the ball. And we've you know you've taught me about this uh, this season. Is the what do you do? Do you follow the ball or do you look at the player and go right? He's going to get that. Where do I need to be for that? But what? Why do you think his positioning changed from the? Well, it's nothing to do with his position. I think it's just. But I mean, it should be an easier save. Look. If he does save it, it's still a hell of a save. Mm. And when we're, when we're talking to keepers at this level, it we you know it's fine margins and we, we it's it's high standards that we're keeping them to. So the fact that it, as the ball comes across, his his body's kind of leaning that way anyway because you know you kind of half guessing where the ball's going or anticipating where the ball's going. As it goes across to his left, like I said, he just he doesn't sort his feet out. So instead of a sh- one step one step shuffle and then into a dive from his left foot he kind of runs after the ball and has to dive off his his, uh, his right foot which is his wrong one and he, he doesn't get any push at all uh, he was kind of uh, injured a little bit um, he took a bit of a knock early uh, on and Petr Cech was, was warming up uh, which instigates that Petr Cech probably fit but not fit enough well, to be back yet well I, this, I'm I'm not so sure about this because initially I, I was under the impression that uh, Petr Cech had had a bit of a hip problem and that's why he played a couple of games ago but Obviously, Arsene Wenger sticking to the, the the promise that he's he's made his second choice goalkeeper that he play all the cup games. Right. Um, and if he's playing in the the two Athletic goal games in the semi final Europa League, 
then he probably should just play in this game as well, just to give him more. Uh, so this is what you're thinking. Gameplay. So he's basically said, look, you can have the cup competitions. Now there's nothing to play for in the league. You can have a bit of almost warm up, bit of well, practice. Well, yeah, he, I mean, he obviously needs it. He hasn't played a, a great deal of football this year, uh, other than the cup games, and it's. Um, it's, it's it's important from going into the to next week's game that he has as many minutes under his belt as possible. Which brings us on to the answer for the question at the very beginning. Uh, who won the first ever Premier League Golden Glove? Uh, and Petr Cech won the inaugural Premier League Golden Glove in 2005. Did you, did you, you knew that, didn't you? Uh, well, I, I guessed it, yeah. I mean, that was was that his first year under Mourinho? Uh, I'm not entirely sure if it was his first year or not. That's uh, that's not part, that's not the research that I've done. Okay. Uh, if, right. if you're asking me a question like that, I mean, I mean I'm going to look am- amateur. Uh, he, he's actually won it. Um, he's the one at the most. He's uh, he's won it four times. So too is Joe Hart and uh, Pepe Reina. Uh, three wins under his belt. So there you go. Next game, we look at West Ham one, Manchester City five. There's a few uh, a few talking points in this. A lot of people saying that Adrian was at fault for the for the for the second goal. Was it? Yeah, for for City's second goal, and which it, was uh, which was the own goal in the end. Yeah, and it did come from a, a bit of criticism from some quarters. But to me, in both situations, when he's involved with the ball, he makes good decisions and he makes uh, a good action. So, like the first one where the through ball to is it Jesus? Yeah, I think it was yeah. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, and he comes out and he makes a decision early to come and take the ball. It ends up being a bit of a 50-50 challenge, but he stops the danger there. He stops the immediate danger. He doesn't get a good clear contact on the ball. It doesn't clear it from the, no. from the area, but he wins the tackle and, and, and gives the defenders the chance to get back and gives himself a chance to get back in position as well. So, because basically the, he came out and it was a good chance, but when he clears it, the ball kind of like just almost just lifts up. Do you know what I mean? He yeah. Just, he just... He just Instead of it being cleared, it just it just kind of pops up. But then his recovery, you know, he's, he's great again. But a lot of people go, why is he coming for that? And I think the reason why he's coming for it is because he maybe doesn't have that much trust in his defence. Well, th- there is that. But also, it's about, sometimes it's about making decisions to uh, affect the player before something happens. So yeah. if he doesn't come for the ball... And and he he holds his position and City play against the ball. The quality of their players, you know, that means you're giving them an opportunity mm-hmm. to to score because they're exceptionally good players. Yeah, they're they're elite players who, if you give them a chance, and he would have had a few seconds on the ball, he would have had uh, time to 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 pick his spot or to, and to take Ospina on, uh, Ospina, um Adrian on. And uh, but he he makes the decision to to try and um, to try and make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, and, and and it works. And then the like I said, the defenders get back. It pops out to to another player out wide, who fizzes the ball across six yard box again. He gets down low. He affects it. He gets a touch on the ball. So if there's anybody behind him um, or even anybody coming onto it, he's affecting that because he makes it'll make a difficult, more difficult decision. Uh, more difficult finish because it's taking the deflection off his hand. Yeah, and he's just been totally unfortunate that it's uh, it's hit off. De- is it Declan Rice's hit off? Or it's, Zabaleta. It's, it's Declan Rice and Zabaleta. Yeah, but he's seen that. He's in that second phase. It's almost like he's he's come out, and I've just been looking at it now. It then resets. He resets, and then also in that situation, you're going right. This is almost a second phase of football. This isn't. It's a bit isolated to the first one. It, and it, the defenders should be closing down even more, and it gives De Bruyne the chance to just walk in. Yeah, just walks in. It, the thing is, or if you take the the first instance, if he doesn't come out, that is a brilliant chance 
for mm-hmm. uh, for Jesus. He stops that. Yeah. And as the ball comes back, uh, when it's uh, sort of recycling, it comes out wide again. If you take the two instances, instances, instances. Yeah. Put my teeth back in instances, <laughs> and say, well, which is better? Where would you rather? You would much rather have the pl- the the player end out wide, where uh, De, 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 Bruyne, De, Bruyne, yeah. De Bruyne has the ball. So it's a narrow angle for him to shoot at to aim at, and uh, you back yourself to defend the the cross. So all the actions that he's uh, he's done in that in that passage of play has been right. Just because the outcome isn't isn't the one that he wanted, doesn't mean the decisions are wrong. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's been uh, it's not been great for West Ham at the moment, has it? Defending wise, you know, Declan Rice obviously a bit of a howler. It was an own goal for the first one. Declan Rice, I think, for last week when Hart was saying, you know, just clear it, clear it. So you do feel for Adrian. Yeah. Uh, well, this is the thing. I mean. He's probably not making the mistakes that uh, that Joe Hart has been. No. Uh, but also, it just shows you that it's, you know, you can't always point the fingers at, uh, no. at, at goalkeepers. And I know we specifically, we look at that and we, in in when we can, we try and shield them from the blame when it's, you know, when it is more deserved elsewhere or should be shared elsewhere. But uh, he's, he's been unfortunate in this, uh, in this game. And, and it's, again, you know, this could have been a chance for him. I don't know whether the David Moyes was just say, well, you know, I've got a. I can't play Joe Hart because yeah. because he you know because the Man City loan deal. So he might say that well, I'm I'm only going to put him for one game anyway, so it doesn't matter how many how how well he plays. Yeah. But for Adriana, it's a, it's a chance for him. Well, to, Adrian, to get yeah, back Adrian to and Joe Hart, Joe Hart have been kind of like he's been. I think they've probably had about the equal amount of uh, games this yeah. season. I I've been impressed with uh, with Adrian. Since I think he's. He's, I think he's, I think he's been great. I, honestly, I think Adrian's been. Um, I think he's been unfortunate to be playing in the team that he's playing in. I'm not taking, you know, I'm not trying to slate uh, West Ham, but it is that cliche of going, what would it be like, you know, in front of a concrete back four? They've got the worst defensive record in the league. Yeah, you know I mean? and, I, and I, you know, that's why I think he then came, comes, uh, you know, he's, he's he's taking it upon himself to try and eliminate as many options as possible. Down at the other end, moments later, uh, basically Edison. Gets a pass back. Did you see that the, yeah. the pass back, and then he was given as a foul? But I, I honestly, and again, I'm just a little fat man from Grimsby. Um, you're the you're, you're you know you're the professional. I just think that was it shouldn't have been given as a foul. It should have been a goal because he has too much. Edison has too much time to play with it, and I think I don't know. Like I, I think if it's it's one of those. If it's anywhere else on the pitch, then exactly. It, well. well I think it's anywhere on the pitch. I think it's still a free kick, but it's one of them where I think the the referee's kind of reluctant to give those free kicks because you think, well, it's it's not really a foul, and but it looks it, it it looks like a foul, and I should give it. My thing, and I might be talking completely out of my um, um, annals here, but if that was another goalkeeper, that free kick would have been given. If that was Adrian, or if that was. Butland, or if it was someone in a, in a team that was like lower down, if it wasn't Man City, who have already won it with Edison, who's arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the world at the moment. Because I, I just think, I I think you're going. Well, I wouldn't make that mistake. That's obviously a foul. Yeah. Well, and I, I, personally, I think that Edison was a bit lazy there, and he's looking on the um, what's the word I'm looking for. He's basically going, whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't do that. You can't do that to me. I'm Edison playing for Man City. Yeah, and I, I know what you mean. Uh, to be honest with you. I, in when I've been coaching, I usually take it upon myself to referee. Get well, or de- I'm designated referee, yeah. And I, 
I get in a lot of uh, lot of arguments with players and that. But I mean, I, I'm it's not like you. I put uh, I put my foot down. I've uh, got the whistle of authority, <laughs> and uh, and in those situations, I, the way I see it is as a coach. If I was given that, it doesn't matter whether it's a goalkeeper or whether it's a, an outfield player. If the opportunity is to pass the ball there, and they don't pass it, and then it's a small foul against them, I tend not to give them. Right. So it's kind of to teach lesson. We'll say, you know. Yeah. It, yeah, but that's the thing. Not, 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 it's not about not taking chances. It's about doing the right thing in that yeah. situation and just playing a simple ball. The goal, um, West Ham pulled the goal back at two-one, which uh, you kind of thought, oh, well, is this going to be a. Uh, a, a, a a tasty game. Uh, it turns out it wasn't. Um, but it was the free kick. Mm. The free kick that went in. And again, I was watching it yesterday whilst uh, drinking a Virgin Mary in a pub in Tutu. Oh. Just to give you a bit of background. And I kind of thought, I think Edison should be saving that. Well, this is it. So, somebody was asked me on, on Twitter uh, yesterday uh, exactly the same question. And my answer was, if you're putting a wall up there like he is, Mm-hmm. He's in the correct position. Yeah. Um, so just to right of centre. Yeah. He's he's got to take care of that side of the goal. Let the wall do its job. It's a great free kick. It's a great strike. And from that situation, I think well, he's it wasn't one that I was I would say he should save it. But and there's a big but. I don't think if you look at that situation, I, I'm going to put the the picture up. Um, sort of after this goes up, I'll put the picture up on on our account of that situation. From that area, he's sort of like wide, right on the corner of the right-hand corner of the penalty, uh, penalty box. I don't think he needs four men in a wall there. Yeah, it's a it's an acute angle. At most, he would need. I would say, if he wants to have three to give himself a bit of security, have a two-man wall guarding his near post, and and one man just positioned guarding the inside of his right-hand post. Right. Um. Just to deter him. So if if he goes round him, it goes wide. If it goes inside him, then there should be enough on it for him to, to be able to get to his right-hand side. That just enables him to position himself in the centre of the goal and give himself a better chance of saving the goal. Because you can look at the two ways. At this, at the level they're playing at, players from, from that position can put the, the ball in regardless of how many's in the wall yeah. or if there's no wall at all. They, they've got the, the quality to do that. But also... The quality of goalkeeper as well should be stopping most shots from that from that angle, and I yeah. would and I, I would prefer well say if if I was his coach, I would prefer him to back himself, and I was and just have a two man wall two in that man situation. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Next game, Southampton 2, Bournemouth 1. Uh, we want to talk about this uh, because McCarthy has had a, <laughs> has had a game, hasn't he? Yeah, it, do you know what? You've got to give him a lot of credit because he's come in the side and it, they were struggling side. Same as West Ham, defensively yeah. being awful. Goalkeepers, both of him and Fraser Forster have been exposed. But he's been given the time. He hasn't just been given um, a couple of games opportunity. And that's the that can be a problem for a second-choice goalkeeper. You know that... You're on trial. Yeah. You know that you, you might only have two or three games to impress. If you don't take your chance or you, you you don't do enough to keep your place, it's always an easy option to go back to the first choice. With Alex McCarthy, um, he's mature now. He's, well, I think he's 28 years old. 27, 28? Go and have a look. He's 27, 28 years old. He hasn't played a lot of football for, for his age. No, or not the amount of get volume of games that he probably should have or he'd like to, but he hasn't tried to manufacture situations. He hasn't gone into games thinking I need to impress now, so he's not coming for things that he shouldn't come for. Uh, he's, like I said, he's mature enough to to know that he doesn't have to do that, and he's uh, with each game he's seen improvement all the time. And I think that, especially with the the save to his left, I, who was it? Um, Ryan Fraser. Ryan Fraser, yeah, yeah. and. Um, Ball comes out to him on the edge of the box. He hits it with his left foot across uh, across Alex McCarthy, and it takes a bit of deflection, so deflected up towards the left, and he just gets across. Great footwork, f- throws his top hand up and just claws it away. Brilliant save, and it, it basically gets him the three points. Not only that, he had a great save with his feet um, from Nathan Aki uh, in the first half as well. Um, same again, just stands up as long as possible and just uh, throws a leg out. Brilliant save and uh, please one because it's 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 really pleasing to see sort of a goalkeeper who's been number two. He's, he's went around to a couple of clubs and not established himself as number one and uh, playing a big part. And it's still going to be a big ask for Southampton to stay up. But uh, if they do stay up, uh, Saturday's game is going to play a big part in that. So basically, Alex McCarthy at the moment is 28 years old. As you say, he's been around at a number of clubs. Um, so like Reading, Woking, Cambridge, Team Bath, Aldershot, Yeovil, Brentford, Leeds, United, Ipswich, Queen's Park Rangers, Crystal Palace. But he hasn't actually played that many games. The most he's played is 44 in one season uh, at Yeovil. Then just uh, you know a few here, a few there. <coughs> and, and fair play, you know he's he hasn't just stayed at one club and sort of been number no. two and just settled for that. He's gone looking for football, and uh, you've got to give him credit for that as well. So the next uh, thing we look at is um, Newcastle zero, West Brom one. And you were there. I was there. It was very cold. It was a bit <laughs> wet. Uh, and, and ordinarily, it probably wasn't a game I'd look forward to uh, greatly. But uh, my mate Darren Moore, uh, who's at Barnsley with, he's took over at West Brom. And he's, I mean, it wouldn't be too too far to say that he's performed miracles. Eight, eight points in four games. Yeah. Two wins against um, Rafa Benitez and Jose Mourinho. Um, he's... He's somebody who's um, 
I respect a lot. Uh, he's, he's how did you know him? Well, we we played together at, at Barnsley. Did you? Yeah, and um, you know he's somebody. He's a man of great character. That's what he is. Yeah, and um, he's uh, he's. He, I think a long time ago he probably wasn't on the right track, and he sort of turned himself round. And he's uh, he's just a lovely, lovely man. I think that comes across in his interviews as well. Yeah. And he, uh, he's. I mean, he's a he's a big guy, and I think ordinarily people just say like you know, he's, uh, he he scares people, and he, and he does do that sometimes if if he needs to. But <laughs> he uh, he just has this kind of like. He, uh, you know this natural leader who you know if he leads everyone follows and you can see the effect that he's having on West Brom all the players are coming out uh, praising him and a lot of people telling him for the job and he's got the best form from the bottom eight in the in the Premier League I mean from 12th down from Bournemouth down to down to West Brom in the 20th they got the you know the best best form two wins two draws and a loss do you know what I see, do you know what I saw on Saturday it wasn't um, it wasn't a brilliant team that's going to you know trouble anybody at the top of the table but what they are, they're a strong side, yeah. a real strong physical side, and it was a real masterclass in controlling the game without having much of the ball. I think it was, I think they had about sixty-five percent of the ball. Newcastle didn't do a great deal with it. They had one chance, which we'll talk about in a minute. But apart from that, for only having thirty-five percent of the ball, they should have won by two or three goals. They had a couple, of, a couple of decent chances as well as the goal they scored, and um, it. I hope, just hope that Darren, not just because he's a mate, but because of the you can see the effect he's had on the team, the way that he's um, he he organised he organises his squad. But not just about that. The, the um, there was somebody on uh, on radio last week, and was it last week? It was when they, they played Manchester United, and they said the ma- uh, Mister Motivator Darren Moore, and I thought it was totally disrespectful because he just he put a team out there with a clear plan to to get something from a game against Manchester United and he more than did that yeah and, and to uh, like I said just to say that he was a motivator like I said on Saturday he, they controlled the game without having the ball and because because of the way that he set his team up and um, and if he's given the job I have no doubt if he's given that job and they can keep most of those players together like I said because they're a big physical side they will steamroller over teams in that division because not just because of the physical qualities but because they've got good players there as well do you think they will be able to I know this isn't the point of this podcast but do you think they'll be able to keep those players at West Brom well Ben Foster's already uh, pledged his, uh, his loyalty yeah and he said he's going to stay so if, uh, if the likes of him can do that then they're going, there's players there who I like really like like um, Craig Dawson I think he's a great centre half he's, 20, he's 27 28 now Um Tottenham for a long time was a is a real good centre half. I mean, he's played right back a long, a long time under uh, Pulis. I mean, the, somebody the aerial capabilities as him as right back at a, at a real asset. That but he'd be a good centre half for for any uh, sort of know, any Premier League team sort of outside the top six certainly. So he has, but uh, Ben Foster has said he wants to play there next season regardless of going down. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, and on Saturday he was, it was one of the reasons why they uh, why they they got a point. They weren't putting too much pressure. Newcastle didn't create too many chances, but there was one in the first half. It was one nil at the time to West Brom. Um, corner gets played in. Uh, it's a header across goal. And then Lejeune from about six yards out, he just sticks his head out and yeah. just gets a connection on it. He gets a real good connection as well. And the ball it's just above Ben Foster's head. But because the pace is coming at him, he just shoots a hand up, a right hand, and he just claws it away. You're almost like half 
well, I don't say half catches it, but he does get wraps his hand right round it and just swipes it away. And it's uh, in real time, it looked an unbelievable save. Even I mean, you can go and watch it now if, if you if you're not seeing it. It looks great anyway. It looks great in slow motion. Looks great in he real makes time. Some great saves, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And, he, and and I think he's um, he's had a solid season this year, considering the you know where they are on the table. Yeah. And um, and and he's quite rightly people have been questioning whether he could possibly be uh, yeah be used as a third choice goalkeeper. He's uh, I'd say that's for for England. You're on yeah, that, of yeah. course. If if he's if it's on form and you're looking at your heart, then you've got to be looking at well, him as well. You know, his first call-up was in 2007, I think, for, mm. for, for the England squad. So, you know, he's got 11 years of experience. Obviously, I think he's had, I think he's got eight caps, I think, for England. So it's not as if he's, you know, the most experienced goalkeeper that England's ever had. But if you talk about, and this 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 phrase keeps being branded about on various news sites and podcasts about the the tourist that you take with you, the experienced tourist, whether you do take Joe Hart or whether you take Ben Foster, or I think as I pointed out a few few weeks back, Jack Butland could be that tourist. He's been in the England squad for a, you know a, num- a number of years. You know, do do you, do you take Ben Foster, who's uh, you know, someone who's got 160, what, I think 160 odd um, Premier League appearances for for, for for West Brom. You know, he knows what he knows what he's doing, and is he there as a steady head for the other two? Yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously it won't happen, but you wouldn't have an argument from me if he if he did. The one save you talked about the chlorine out. I know we've talked about the Premier League. I just want to uh, chat because I'm a Grimsby Town fan. James McEwen save against. Uh, we're talking about him again. Yeah, honestly, we've got. He'll be asking for royalties. He can have whatever he wants from me. The bloody fiend. He um he makes a cracking save, and I'll retweet it later. He, he, it's a great. It's again. It's that claw. It, it's very. Do you know what? It's a very. I saw it as well. It's a very similar save to the uh, Ben Foster one. Yeah, I, I just think that the only thing that's probably Ben's got over uh, Mac is, is that there's a little bit more pierce on the header from uh, Lejeune yeah. but um, it is it's a cracking save you're right now um, speaking of cracking saves match of the day save of the season was, uh, was 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 brought out last night and the winner we'll do a drum roll you mean you probably already know was David De Gea David De Gea yeah. with that save with that foot yeah. against that team yeah well I, do you know what it was a brilliant save and it, I, I Pure, pure reaction, pure reaction. Yeah, saved. great, great, strong hand to get down to his right at, f- at first, and then it's just improvising. You know, he he might have thought about going with his hands and not getting there in time. And uh, was it Sanchez who was coming? I think it's Sanchez coming uh, with a shot, and, he, and he's just put a foot out. And that's what's about. It's about improvising and just stopping the ball, and that's what he's great at. And, it, and not only that, he was, uh, I think, he was number two as well. He was. It, this could be down to you know the volume of. Man United fans that have that have voted, but there's more than Watford fans, aren't there? Yeah, exactly. Gomez, Gomez yeah. came third, and, and I thought that that was the one I picked. Herelio Gomez, his double save, and for and I picked that above David de Gea's double save simply because the initial save was a little more, a little more difficult right. because it took a deflection just a few yards in yeah. front of him. So he shift, he's going to his left, and he's at a shift to his right again, clawed away, and then get up again for his second save. And I think. Um, that for me would have been a better, uh, a more worthy winner. Talking of accolades, by the way, oh, go on. but I'm just, I just want to let the uh, the listeners uh, into a little bit of inside knowledge oh, here. Well, that that wasn't that wasn't actually a, a Lloyd putting his fingers on the on the table for a drum roll. Oh, no, no, it was me um, using his testicles as a speedball. Yeah, um, but we want to give him, you know, just imagine if we did this live. 
you know what? I mean, it'd be not safe for work. NSFW. I've only I only just let, learnt what that meant a few months, oh, months ago. On, yeah, I thought it was North by Northwest. You know the year, the festival. I don't, I don't know why. Why does everyone say North by Northwest? There's a picture of these tits. <laughs> <laughs> no pre That's not what it means, pal. Um, yeah, talking about accolades. Um, Alex McCosh uh, at McTush One on Twitter said to you, um, you might want to mention this. On the podcast, uh, basically, uh, Crusaders have won the Irish Premiership, and their goalkeeper is Brian Jensen, uh, he, the beast, the beast, who is currently forty-two years of age. Now you probably recognise Brian. You know him. He played for Burnley. I think he played for uh, two hundred and seventy odd games for Burnley. Also had stints at Bury, Crawley Town, Mansfield Town. And uh, he's just won the league with Crusaders, 42 years old. I mean, that's the dream for me. I don't know. I, I'll be honest with you. It, it's a, it sounds like a nightmare for me. <laughs> Simply because I know that it, I, the last time I trained sort of properly was probably about two years ago, I think I right. stopped. And I knew well before then, it was well before then, but I knew it was coming to the end. <laughs> and I knew I, 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 I couldn't go on. Simply because one, I wasn't maybe training a hundred percent, so it was kind of, um, you know, the work was t- taking its toll on me because I wasn't maybe as fit as what I should be. But also, I can remember, fl- I say flying through the air. I remember diving, and then worrying about how it was going to feel when I landed. Right, and you were thinking, I don't want to do that. Yeah, and particularly because we, when I was at Lincoln, we quite often uh, we we train on three G. And pictures, and it was, uh, yeah, it, it took its toll on my body, and I sort of, and I couldn't imagine doing that now. I can't imagine just trying to dive full length, and because I mean, I, I don't, don't really play now. I, I can't, couldn't tell last time I played in goal. Do you know what I got? I got stick the other day, so I played in that charity football match. We we just done the uh, Paul Farman interview. And oh I yeah, went, yeah, I went and played in that uh, game. It's Sleaford, but, but uh, Sleaford, Spalding, Spalding, Spalding. And I wore, tra- I wore um, leggings. And the reason why I wore leggings is like, I didn't want to get a shower. Like, wait, why are you wearing? Wait, wait, you get a fight. It's a five quid fine if you wear leggings. It's like, I'll pay whatever, mate. <laughs> it's muddy. And I've got a three-hour drive back to London. And whilst the showers look great, I've got a really nice power shower at home. <laughs> I'll get home, have a lovely little power shower, absolute gravy. Hey, I um, had a decent stint in goal uh, on Soccer M this weekend and was, wasn't going to mention it. They've, uh, they've actually just put out my best of the saves, which... Of this uh, season, which are essentially just people kicking them at me and me, me stopping them from hitting me in the face. But I had a decent stint this weekend. I saved quite a few uh, shots. I wore the gloves. I wore the gloves. Um, and I No coincidence? Them. No coincidence whatsoever, but I wore uh, the, the gloves that we're about to give away, actually. Um, the, uh, the Pro GK gloves. And they were great. I loved them. So just a little uh, little thing. Love the Pro GK gloves, which segues nicely into the giveaway. We are giving away a pair of Pro GK gloves. Uh, we had Glenn Johnson on the show last week, not that one. Yeah. Um, and uh, we said we're giving away a pair of gloves, and that is exactly what we're doing. We're we going to do another drum roll. We're, we're doing another drum roll. We, we have what, 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 what we did. We didn't. We, <clears throat> there they are. Um, we did have. Uh, we, we did this before the show, so we've just because we have to go onto a thing, just make sure that that person follows Pro GK, and also that person isn't a person that just enters competitions just to get uh, um, gloves. So this person, are we ready? Three, two, one. Is uh, it's now. Uh, he's Chris Carter at P4 
2-0-C-P Carter. That's a catchy Twitter handle if ever I've seen one. Uh, Chris Carter, I think you're a West Brom fan. Um, you've won the gloves. So we'll send you a message uh, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get those. Uh, well, I say we'll get those. Um, Glenn Johnson, not that one. We'll get them in the post to you. Uh, whatever size you want. Oh, I mean, absolutely giveaway central now. It is now time to give away a copy of the Glove Story book for someone that has given us a four or five star review. We're on 100 reviews, mate. Brilliant. It's not bad, is it? Yeah. And we're still on 100, uh, 100, 100 reviews and uh, 4.5 stars. Because those fucking fucking. I've not left one yet. I should leave one. Yeah, I mean, I've, given, I've given us one as well. So, if you tell me when to stop, I will basically stop. Okay, just so in your own time. Three, two, one. Stop. Okay, that goes to 28 Harrison, that's his name, uh, five stars. He says, love the pod, listen every week, what's driving my lorry? Good on ya. Every time I listen, I get tempted to buy some gloves and have a go at being a keeper. I've <laughs> not played since I was a kid. That's great. Oh, and is that I'm just that pic- is great. I've got a picture of him just driving his lorry yeah. in these gloves. Right. Driving gloves. Can you do us a favour, 28 Harrison, Can you, uh, when you get this book, can you send us a photo of you in your cab? With this book, because that I mean that, but that's great. Uh, really enjoyed the interview with Paul Farman. Have a cracky, have a cracking insight into the mind of a modern goalkeeper. And the record, I think Nick Pope deserves a spot in the England squad. Very good yeah, shout. Yeah. So that's Luke GH twenty eight Harrison. Uh, so get in touch. We'll send you a copy of uh, that book. And uh, we're sending two copies out today for the two lads that have won them in previous weeks. Uh, Tweets and any questions that you've got. We'll be back next week. Uh, also, we'll uh, we'll be doing some specialist ones. So we do want to do that podcast where we talk about goalkeepers that are coming up from the Championship into the Premier League. Have a look at those. Hopefully, we get a, uh, um, someone on knows about that. Hopefully, get in on uh, a statistician. A statistician, whatever. Let's uh, talk about stats from uh, this year, and hopefully, someone from the world of European football and world football to talk to us about any goalkeepers we need to be looking out for in the World Cup. If there's anything you want us to cover, let us know. Tweet us in at No One Podcast, and uh, we'll, we'll get back to you. Someone said um, the volume wasn't loud enough, so we're going to be working on that this week. But I, th- I think overall, the volume's all right. Volume as for in, us, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I, we'll, we'll see. I can hear you, all right. Thank you very much. So, thank you very much for listening. Uh, give us another four or five star review if you want to be in with a chance of winning Glove Story. We'll send you those gloves. More giveaways coming up your streets. Anything else you'd like to add to our David Priest? Uh, no, just watch yourself on the roads. Look right, look left, look right again. Yes, mirror, signal, maneuver if you're driving. Uh, be, safe, got, be safe, be seen. Be safe, be seen, and leave my balls alone. <laughs> Uh, it's goodbye from me, Lord Griffith, and goodbye from me, David Priest. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.